So after a little full start last week with the heating, um, we're starting our new sermon series this week. And the, the series that we wanted to try and look at, especially after the sort of hurly-burly of Christmas and um, coming back into the new year with New Year's resolutions, but also just coming back to life, you know, to real life, was to look at Jesus in real life, look at the things of real life, that we come to terms with today and see what Jesus said about them. And so we're going to look at work and ambition, money, gender, debt, family, health, and try and see passage in Scripture where Jesus addresses one of these issues. And as I found after I said on Richard's I choose work, Sometimes it's not actually any specific passage that speaks directly to one of those subjects. And it's actually, I found it quite hard. Certainly for, I'm going to be looking at work, Jesus and work today. And I realize that there's nowhere in the Bible that Jesus actually teaches on the concept of work. He engages with a number of different people in different professions. He, he was a carpenter. He engages with Innkeepers with um, fishermen, tax collectors, prostitutes, priests, accountants, um, lawyers, hoteliers, housewives. He engages with them. And what we need to learn, and most of the time, is seeing how he engages with those people. And that from a range of those different things, how he engages with those people and with those subjects in different contexts, that we build up a picture of what it really means to follow Jesus in, our, in real life, and certainly for this one with work. And if you do want a, a, a very good book that, over, that looks at God at work, to, how does it mean to sort of live a life of God and following Jesus at work? This book, God at Work, by Ken Costa, is very, very good, and I would thoroughly recommend it. And it's a really good overview Biblically, but also just um, of looking at different aspects of life uh, in work. Um, it goes through sort of what it means, work in the world, uh, work-life balance, or the, the myth of that, um, facing tough decisions, um, stress, um, failure, disappointment, and hope, and then money and giving. Because all these aspects make up our work. So I can thoroughly recommend that book, God at Work, by Ken Costa. But before I look at the passage, uh, and look at a passage where Jesus has some aspect and certainly sets his disciples to work, um, I thought we'd do something a bit different, and I thought I'd interview somebody about their work and what they thought. So I'm going to ask Stuart to come come and join me. And uh, It's not a grilling. (laughs) So... Stuart, you're, um, how long have you been here at All Souls? You've been coming along. Um, we started coming here uh, just before Christmas last year. Fantastic. So just over a year now. And with Stephanie and two boys. Yep. Yep, Ben and Ryan. Ben and Ryan. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And so I'd love to ask you some questions about your work and what you do and how you see yourself as a, as a Christian in that. So first of all, what do you do? 
Okay, I am. Um, I work up in central London. I'm a, I work for a company called Wood Mackenzie, and I help run our sales and marketing division, which is about 200 people, um, based in 25 different countries all over the world. And what sort of that's the, the summation. But what does that involve? What do, what do you do? What 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 is it? Um, so Wood Mac does. Um, sort of complex analysis on energy and metals markets around the world and then my teams help sell that so um, my job is helping to develop people um, into the role of selling complex products um, to different communities and um, uh, divisions around the world and a lot of it is around just understanding that so lots of analytics maths and um, spreadsheets I suppose is my life Yippee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what would you say I don't know which way you want to do that, but what would you say are the challenges of being a Christian or following Jesus in your work, if you think? Or, would you, or if you want to answer what the motivations, how do you, what, what helps you to, in your work to yeah. um, follow Jesus? Um, well, we, I did the, the, um, the God in Work little course that we did just before Christmas, so sort of forced to, um, I guess that's why I'm Gets to stand up whether that was a good decision or not I, <laughs> um, um, I think work and particularly in today's world is is part of your life I think if you try you know work life balance is a very difficult thing to, to get right particularly if you think of the two things as separate yeah. um, so if you consider work as part of life and if your faith is part of your life, then your faith should be part of your work in, in, a, in a way and trying to think that through. But, you know, I'm not a, a preacher um, and, and, and often found it difficult to, to be very explicit about faith in, in work. Um, so therefore, to me, it's more about... Um, uh, it, it helps me with the decisions that you have to make every day. So whether that's I manage a team of about 12 people, so whether that's in the way that you deal with them or the way that I deal with the people that are my seniors... And also the standards that you hold yourself to. So um, uh, making the right decision is, is, is often a, a point where I call on, on, on various things to say, am I, am I doing the right thing here? And we have, we're run by a private equity company who, who's um, involved in this, so there's quite a lot of conversation around um, spend of money and um, being economical and so on. So you have to make some tough choices sometimes, and I think we all have to make tough choices in our lives, but if it's done in the right way, considering the right things, then tough choices, even if they have impact on people, are, are hopefully the right ones. Yeah. And what would you say would be the, the key things that you would like prayer for in your, in your job? What, could, what can we pray for as, if we're thinking about and we're all in workplaces of different sorts, but specifically for you and in your role um, and your job? What, would, what can we pray for? Uh, I think Woodmac has been through a, a lot of change over the last year, um, and in theory, um, we're, we're holding our breath for a period of stability now. Um, and yet, entering that period of stability, there's still a number of tough choices um, left to, to make. And uh, I guess, very personally to me, I have two people in my team who I'm having to make some tough choices around as to whether I invest more in keeping them doing what they're doing and um, doing that or changing their role or changing what they've got to do for us. So, you know, that has um, implications potentially on um, uh, moving out of the company. So at the moment, it's about making choices in the, again, you know, sort of in the right way, considering the right things. And have I seen all of the performance that I need to see from somebody to be able to judge, to judge correctly? Because, you know, I have some judgments to make, I guess, and, you know, 
I'd be devastated if those were the wrong ones. Yeah, fantastic. Well, can, since you've been up here, can, can we pray for you quickly before you okay. get back down? Well, let's pray um, for Stuart before, we, before I continue on. So, Father, I thank you for Stuart. I thank you for him being prepared to come up and to, to share. And I pray for him making those right choices, those judgments. And I pray that you would be with him um, in all that he does by your Holy Spirit. Um, help him and guide him and protect him, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. I think we should give him a round of applause for... Thank you so much, Stuart. That's, that's a very, you know, compared with what I do, that's, that's, that's the everyday. So many times, I wish I had, you know, a fiver especially for, for every time somebody's come up to me and went, oh, it's all right for you. You, you work for God. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you, yeah, it's all, it's all right for you. Yeah, you, you have a nice, easy, easy, easy life. Yeah, only one day a week and all that stuff. And, um, and, or, or, and expect what, but what I find hardest when Christians say that, going, it's all right for you. You've got a, you've got a job that's, that's really Christian, but, but I only just do whatever that might be. And it's, I think what I would love us to, to, to remember and looking at, at these passages of Jesus speaking into the workplace is the fact that whether it's me or whether it's Stuart or any one of you, God wants to be involved in your workplace. And actually he sees the role that you do. He sees the role that we do in whatever field we're in as just as important. I don't think God sees my role as any different or more important than Stuart's role. I know that he, because he wants, he has called us into all different places. So whether you're a banker or a bishop, and whether you're a curate or a cook, it really doesn't matter. God has called us, and he wants to be with us. As I said, there's no straight passages of Jesus talking about the concept of work, but I thought we'd look at one passage in Luke chapter 10, which is page 1041, where Jesus sets his disciples to work. And although it's hard to always take out sort of generalizations out of a specific context, I think some of the specifics that come out of this passage do ring true with Jesus engaging with other, um, certainly other um, careers and other jobs, but also just his heart for his people, wherever they are and whatever they're doing. And this is him calling his disciples to, to, to work, sending them out to work. And so I'm going to read from beginning from verse 1, chapter 10. And just had a passage of the cost of following Jesus. But then, he said, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest in him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. Even the dust of your town, um, but when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its street and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. And then we're going to go down to verse 16. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me, but he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So there's this picture of Jesus setting his disciples to work, and there's lots of different aspects there, and it's very specifically for a specific task and in a specific context. And I'll try and explain some of that as we go, but the three things that I want us to see of the way that Jesus interacts with his workers and with work is that I think First of all, he calls us that we're called to work with Jesus, to work for Jesus, and to work like Jesus. I'll say that again. To work with Jesus, to work for Jesus, and to work like Jesus. So working with Jesus. I think when we, when we see Jesus sent out the 72 when we look back, actually they, they weren't like the full-time disciples. They were very much, they were called in. We don't hear much about the 72 again. It was almost like he gathered them and then it was a sort of short-term mission project. It was sort of go and blitz this area and then you'll get, be able to get back to what you were doing. But he's calling them specifically for this time. But what I love about it is that he, he doesn't send them into the distance, where into the, the far distance. He sends them to where he's going to go. He knows everywhere that they're going. And Jesus, at the end of Matthew's Gospel, when he comes back, when he gives the Great Commission, which is almost his charge to us, if you like, his workers in, in the kingdom of God, those who follow him, he said, go out into all the nations and, and make disciples, and baptize them. But he then said, the last phrase is, I will be with you always. And certainly for, for these 72, Jesus sends them. He sent them two by two ahead of them to every town and place where he was about to go. He's saying that, and I think we can know that when Jesus sends us, wherever we are, whether in, we're in Wood Mackenzie, whether we're in All Souls Church, 
whether we're in occupational health, whether we're in property, we're in building, whatever it is, Jesus is with us. When I was praying for what, what I should say today, and how I was saying, the only sense I got God saying to me, and I share it with all of you, is that God's saying, I love you just as much at work as I do anywhere else. We can so often think, try and do that separation that Stuart was talking about of, of, you know, of you know, Jesus here and work here. But Jesus doesn't see any distinction. He is with us wherever we go. And I think for these 72, they knew that wherever they were going, they were going in his name. They were going wherever they were going to go, he was going to be followed and that he was close by. And so, if we're thinking about working with Jesus, that wherever we work, Jesus is with us. And if he's with us, then we can turn to him. He, he, he tells them when he goes out, verse 2, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He says, pray. If there's one thing we need to do, we all, I, know, I, I can say it, I know, for, know it for myself, praying for all of you and to praying for this church, I know that we, I need to pray more for my job. I can get so caught up in sorting out the, the stage, taking down the candelabra, doing, the, doing the, the PowerPoint, whatever it is. But actually, involving God in all that I do is essential. And it's the same for all of us, whether I was doing computer programming, whether I was working on yachts, It's when I actually took the time to pray and ask God into that, how I should live and how I should help. Amazingly, it felt so much better because he is with us. God is with us. That's what we've been celebrating at Christmas. God with us. And the thing about work is that wherever we are, God is with us. God is with us at work. He also recognizes that it's not always easy you know, making the right decision at work or following, doing the right thing is not always easy. And that's why we need to remember that God is with us. And Jesus makes it very clear to his disciples. Verse 3, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. He's saying, he says somewhere else, you need to be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. He's not, he knows that it's hard going out, living this life for him, wherever we are, and especially in the workplace. We need to know that Jesus is with us. And actually, one thing to pray is not so much, oh God, please come and help me um, sort this out, or this mess I've got into, but one of the things that I remember doing when I found it hard, working, I was working for a big law firm um, doing IT, and I just found it hard to imagine God there, and so... I had this, this is, I'm just offering you this as, as one way of doing it. That, and it could be wherever you are, whether you're going into your laundry at home or whether we're into, into your workplace, wherever you think, oh, I find it hard to recognize God in this place, is to, to think, just to imagine going, welcome. Jesus welcomes you. I think it was Jesus welcomes you or, or come, in, come, 
come in, was what I sensed Jesus saying. I sort of would imagine Jesus saying, come in, to when I was coming to the workplace. That I had a sense that God was there. God was welcoming me in. And so when I prayed, I'd be praying, God, what are you doing here? He already knows every single person in our workplace. He knows the problems that we face at work far more than we do. We need to ask him to help us. Because he is with us. So work with Jesus. Work with him. Work for Jesus. This is the, the next, next bit. It's all about our perspective of how we see, um, how we see our work. I love the story of Sir Christopher Wren when he was um, working on St. Paul's Cathedral. He was going around and he interviewed, he sort of talked to different people. They didn't know who he was. Um, he sort of went in, sort of, they didn't know quite who he was, but he went to one person who was in the stone yard and he said, what are you building? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm building, building a column. I'm making a, the, a block for a column. And so he went round to the next person. He said, um, yes, what are, what are you making? And he said, I'm making a whole roof. I'm, I'm building, building, building a roof. And he went to this third man who was, I think was just sweeping up in the floor. And he said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm building a cathedral. And he, he said, that's, that's the one that I, I, I want. You, he knows what's going on. And it's that perspective of whatever we do, wherever we're at in work, that we, that we need to know that why we're doing it, what, what we're doing work for. And there's lots of different ways that we can be doing work, that we can see greater significance, whether that's financially providing for our family, whether that's um, seeing greater good, bringing services to 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 different companies, being a service. But the perspective of how we work for Jesus is definitely one of them. Verse 4, Jesus said, Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. That's, this is part, part of the thing of the context. But he said, don't, don't get bogged down by stuff. So often we can get involved, we think we need certain things to do the right thing or to follow, Je- follow Jesus at work. But we need to know why we're there. And he was saying, you don't need that for all of those things. All you need to do to these workers was to go out and live for me. Don't get bogged down by the stuff. He said, the, don't greet anyone on the road. Was he was saying, keep focused. Remember why you're there. In the Middle East in those days, if you met somebody on the road, you would have a long, elaborate greeting process. And he was saying, no, there's no time for that. You need to get on with your mission. And if we're working, for, whether we're, wherever we're working, whether we're working for Jesus, or whether we're working in, in the city, or working as a doctor, whatever it is, remuneration is, is expected. Verse 7, stay in that house eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Reward is expected. It's not saying that when, when we work for God, it's not that we should not think about money at all. Money is part of it. Jesus recognizes that. He talks about money, and we're going to look at that in one of the other um, sermons later on. But money is important, and remuneration is good. And when we work for Jesus, we don't need to think that we shouldn't have any remuneration, that 
he calls us. He, he, expects, he, he expects his workers to get paid and to get their f- fair share. And I think he does for us. But he also says it's not about just what you do, it's who you are. If you turn, go all the way down to verse 20, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We need to remember that we work for Jesus. The joy that he was saying that they should have when they went out in his name was not just because of what happened or that the demons um, disappeared or, or left people as they prayed for them. But they, he was saying that it's about me. It's about following Jesus. That your, our identity doesn't just come from our job, although he wants us to be happy in it, to enjoy it, and to do it well. But our major significance comes from being connected to Jesus. So that's working with Jesus, work for Jesus, and work like Jesus. If we go verse 5, these are some of the things that Jesus says of what he calls them to do. And I think these could ring true for wherever we are and whenever, wherever we work. Verse 5, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. We need to bring, if we need to, want to, be, to know what we should be doing at work, to bring peace. And that's not just being a pacifier or just, you know, just trying to make peace, everything all right, and covering, papering over the cracks. As Richard said many times, it comes from shalom, that peace of well-being. It doesn't mean absence of war. It means life in all its fullness. Real peace. Real, real living. And whether that's saying a kind word to somebody that doesn't often get them, whether that is being the person that, that, that changes disagreements and, and is, a, is a game changer in, in, in the sort of tensions in the office, That's what we're called to do. He also called verse 9. He says, When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them. And we are called to to pray. We're called to pray for, for healing, even. But he says pray, and that's one thing that we can do. The number of times when I've asked, when people have started to chat to me in in a outside a church context, and I've said, Can I pray for you? It's incredible. And they, they're so open. Most people, if they're in difficult situations, they'll say, if you say, can I pray for you? They'll say, that's great. And if, sometimes I've had people say, what now? And ask me to pray right there, which that certainly shocked me. But we need to be open to that, that we can bring them to God. And it's not difficult or not complicated. All we need to do is say, dear God, thank you that you love this person. Be with them, I pray. So working with Jesus, working for Jesus, working like Jesus. Ultimately, he said, what we're called to do is to proclaim the kingdom of God. Proclaim that he is there. So whatever we are, each of us, whether we're a postman or a politician, an aid worker or an 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 analyst, a doctor or a developer, a model or a mother, or a mixture of all of those, Jesus calls us to follow He calls us to work with him. He calls us to work for him and to work like him. Let's stand.
I don't know what that might mean for you. Certainly for some, that will be a change in the job that you do. For some of us, if we're we're doing something illegal, Jesus never wants us to do that. He wants us to to do do this on us. He says, turn away to to those people. And sometimes if it's killing us or the job is not right, we we might need to change our job to be living for Jesus, with Jesus, and like Jesus. But others, for others, that might mean change of how we do our jobs. That if we're argumentative, to become agreeable. If we're being dishonest, to be honest. For others, that might mean change why we do a job. It might be our, what drives us. That aspect of Jesus saying, no, work for me. The significance of why you do it. Work for others and work for me that we might need to change why we do a job. But in every place, God longs for us to know that he loves us and that he's with us wherever we go and whatever we're doing.